Sid, Sid, can you spit your gum out? Oh, there's a heroin needle in my gum. (laughs) Welcome back, motherfuckers. All right, Sid, what's on the menu today? Well, so many different topics, but always we're going to start with um, our Tomcat of the day, which is Gucci. Scoochie, Gucci two times, say it two times. Scoochie, Gucci two times, say it two times. <laughs> well, shout out to Gucci because I just have so much respect for him and everything he does for Atlanta. Um, I love his turnaround. He looks like a completely new person. Shout out to Keisha because I know Gucci didn't do it alone, but I'm very happy she was there to um, support and hold down in the process. You know what? Gucci definitely um, made some moves when he went to jail. So reason why Gucci Man really lost a lot of his weight, as he wrote in his book that I enjoyed, um, is that the withdrawals of doing so much lean had completely paralyzed his digestive system and as he was weaning himself off of the drug via incarceration um he pooped like 28 pounds worth of lean out of his body damn yeah sobriety will give you abs (laughs) sobriety will give you abs going to jail will give you abs (laughs) yeah poverty should give you abs (laughs) <laughs> but there are other ways to do these things also. So, yes, it's up to you. Well, our pre of the day is procedure. Stick to the plan. Stick to your goals when you set them. Uh, just sticking to what you said you was going to do. Absolutely. Following the procedure, at least knowing what the procedure is, can definitely get you a whole lot fucking further in life than just willy-nilly and get all the time you cannot always be a sheet in the wind so having some kind of system some organization a procedure will definitely help you you know in whatever situation you're dealing with whether it's work whether you got a procedure for how you pick these niggas up and drop them off you know maybe it's a six week you know time frame or you know your block list is incredibly long you have your own procedure how you interact so I think a lot of us have procedures aka bad habits that we don't realize we've programmed into ourselves so Mm. I think it's really dope for people to sit down and think about what they're doing like why do I do it this way why do I clean before I cook food or why do I you know what I mean why do I put my shoes on a specific way you know what I mean everybody has their own procedure we're all programmed to do something just why are you doing what you're doing right exactly like I love all that and once you have your mindset of where you want it to be you just stick to that you don't let anything change you um you can always reevaluate the plan but if that's really what you want to do then you set your goal to accomplish x y and z the fuck Sticking with the plan, it's always nice to have it accompanied with music. And I always love a good money song. Um, you know, and my one of my favorite good money songs this week is Get Out the Bed by Two Chains. Yeah. When I get out the bed, I grind a hustle. Get out the bed and grind a hustle. Get out the bed and grind a hustle. Get out the bed and grind a hustle. It's amazing. They talk about strippers and wings and I mean it's it's just inspiring also outside of that, but- It sounds encouraging. It is, I love it. It's a great workout song. It's just a really good song to like, like get your ass up and focus on your goals and what you're trying to do. Do you realize in like 15 more years, those are gonna be like our go-to old school, like feel good songs? I'm ready. Like we might be in our 50s, like cleaning our houses to like Titty Boy and like, you know, cooking Sunday breakfast, Sunday dinner to like Gucci Man or something like that. These are our go-to feel-good songs. Like is this is our generation's Frankie Beverly featuring Maze. Exactly. And I'm ready for it. Like I'm ready, just like you said, to be sage in my house and I have TV <laughs> going on. I'm ready. <laughs> that is that sounds like a time. It does. I hope you invite me. Um I am in my feel good song phase and the other week I about blasted my ears out of the radio I mean out of my head 
turning on my radio in the morning because I'm like, okay, let me get ready for work. Turn the radio on. Blah! And I was like, what the fuck was I listening to? Girl, I spent the whole night. I spent the whole day the day before listening to um, Old Dirty Bastard featuring Khalees. Um, Baby, I Got Your Money. That's my shit. I still be bopping to that song. I was dancing so hard in my car to that song. It was awesome. So that's still my Get Money song. Because I feel like magically a check is going to appear. Moving along, uh, we do have to address Kanye West. Like, Lexi, I know you are the Kanye translator, but he has just had just too much shit going on. And this week, I mean, just, I feel like we've been leading up to this moment, to be honest. Like, Kim Kardashian got a lot of flack for going to the White House a couple months ago. And here is Kanye, like, now. And I just, I honestly feel like that was a the prereq for this now. And it's funny because people on Twitter are like, oh, well, Kanye needs, Kanye needs a black woman to help him. And it's like, no, like, too, it's too bad. Like, it's, we're like, we're no longer <laughs> trying to save and pull you out. Like, it's 2018, nigga, you have to save yourself. Um, why do I have to spend and use my resources when, like, you got your own resources. Like, <laughs> Kanye West is like America's court jester. Like, have you ever, like, read a Shakespearean play? You ever read, like, Oedipus Rex or, um, or any fucking Shakespeare play or whatever, right? There's always a court jester that nobody respects, nobody listens to, nobody pays any attention to, but at from the beginning of the play, as soon as the court jester comes out, he's basically the one telling you everything that's going on. But according to what his role is, he's always overlooked, and people end up doing everything he said anyway, right? right. And that's how I feel about Ye. Like, he is, he is America's court jester right now. Like, everybody is big mad that he went to go see Trump. Like, him and Trump wasn't friends before he went into office. Like, we're acting like, okay, let me be real with y'all. We are acting like Trump isn't as fucking ghetto as he really is. We're acting like Trump is some upstanding individual on, like, Mondays and Tuesdays and he's being corrupted by this insane Kanye West. No, they were cool beforehand. Like, this ain't nothing but the 49th season of The Apprentice feature, the White House edition. This is just like Jersey Shore when they sent motherfuck, the them ghetto-ass Jersey Shore people over to Italy for a whole season to see how much more reckless they could be in a more pristine environment. So I just feel like I'm watching another episode of The Apprentice and in this episode is featuring Kanye West. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's his it's, Exactly. So it's like, I just feel like we don't do enough. We don't do the kind of cocaine that Kanye does. And I'm sure that man is on cocaine. Like, I'm really not falling for the just the opioid situation because I don't know if y'all paid attention but yay, the little video that Ye just posted not too long ago with Kim and Chance the Rapper and some other guy in the studio together, as the camera panned around the settings, it's a whole tray of just powder sitting next to one of the people in the room. And I don't know if like you need powder donuts to record rap music, but I'm pretty sure that was cocaine <laughs> on that table. I'm I'm almost 10 million percent it was. And I just feel like when he's in his hypermaniac episodes along with cocaine without the right resources in terms of like people actually being able to step up and say the stuff that he needs to hear to help him direct his thoughts, like he doesn't have those things. You know what I mean? Like is weird when he's kind of like the smartest person in his room for so long. He doesn't necessarily realize that it doesn't make sense to other people who don't know him as intimately. And unfortunately, he hasn't paid me enough money for me to translate nationally the way I need to be doing so. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get it. The stuff that he was trying to talk about with Trump was like, having more domestic jobs so that it can increase, you know, the domestic economy and, and like, you know, the growing joblessness in the United States. He was talking about abolishing the 13th Amendment, which actually has the caveat to create slavery, i.e. Our prison, our prison industrial complex via criminality. So it's 
is he the person that we want to say this? No. Are typical court jesters, the main characters of Shakespearean plays? Also, no. But I think, I think if people really wanted to listen to what he has to say, and Kanye positioned himself to have a clean, clear stream of consciousness, he would have a better absorption rate. But like I said, we don't do that kind of cocaine. And, you know, maybe he'll just do pull a Charlie Sheen and like, you know, go do some rehab and America will reward him. Because let's be clear, black people don't like Kanye West. White people love Kanye West now. I heard after the whole SNL interview, some random guy comes out. You know, I hear some random guys talking about like, yeah, I can't wait to dress up as... um. I can't wait to dress up as Kanye West for Halloween. Like, and let's be clear, niggas still gonna be buying his shoes in a couple weeks from his billion dollar company. You know what I mean? It's like, we mad that he's saying the stuff that's like uncomfortable to be said while he's high off of cocaine, but somebody gotta say this shit. So I don't really know how to feel. He makes it hard for me to defend him some days. Niggas still buying Yeezys, which, you know. I mean, you people been whatever Kanye has done, people have bandwagon when they figured out that it was okay to bandwagon. I think people get scared of bandwagon with Kanye West because they're going to be assumed to be crazy as well, crazy by association or some bullshit like that. But when Ye started dropping clothes, we was all walking around here looking like the fucking Matrix class, you know, the Matrix side crew or whatever when them chunky ass Yeezys came out who else started doing chunky ass shoes for all the major labels like Ye been setting trends and we've been following them whether or not we want to acknowledge that it's his trends that we following and I get it it's listen it's hard to admit that but you know I get it I get it America I get it but we'll we'll see. I feel like wherever this is going, it's it's interesting. I mean, this episode of The Apprentice is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm loving this season. This is like the most realistic. I mean, it's the most like trending season of The Apprentice since like Amarosa's first season. And she got voted out pretty early this season. You know what I mean? So it's like never telling what's going to happen if he gets reelected and how they'll do The Apprentice uh, second season from the White House. You know what I mean? I hope he doesn't get voted into office. I hope, like, some dashing man named Tarak Obama somehow <laughs> is up on the ballot. You know, he seems, that name alone just seems pretty trustworthy. So I'm, I'm voting for him. Okay, so Sid, you know how much I love Kanye, right? Like, me and Katie, you see me throw temper tantrums about not being able to see a Kanye. Not He wasn't even going to be there. You see me throw temper tantrums about concerts that was just going to play his music. So you know how much I love Kanye. You know what I mean? So, like, this whole little opioid addiction, cocaine rant, media attention whore Kanye I'm just he makes it very 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 difficult for me to defend him and I find myself like people like oh shit let Kanye did something else let me call Lexi and see what she thinks and I'm over here struggling (laughs) I'm over here trying to figure out what to do you know but like so my favorite memory of Kanye was back way back yonder it was me and Katie me and Catherine the great um we were, we like, yo, we got to go see Kanye. He was out on tour doing the Pablo tour. And like, I mean, his stage presentation for that tour alone was just dope. Like this dude was basically chained to a stage by himself that floated over the crowd the entire time. Like who the fuck does that? Like that's yay. That's yay for you. Right. And not to mention that Pablo album was just delicious. It was just yummy. I enjoyed every second of it. So we go see Ye. We get these bomb seats. Kanye does this awesome performance. Like, he was stopping and doing rants in the middle of the concert. Like, it felt like a ghetto-ass Negro, like, revival. You ever been to a, a church revival, Sydney? I haven't. So I'm assuming that this was, like, one of those. And it was awesome. I felt, like, spiritually refreshed. Um so I'm like, all right, me and Katie, we having a great time. I'm yelling out all the words like extra hard. 
And Katie tapped me on my shoulder like, like, yo, what's up? And mind you, we was in Nashville. So it wasn't even like we were like in Atlanta or we were in like little old Nashville. And it was like mad gentrified in there. You know what I mean? Like it was gentrified enough to the point where when Kanye said nigga, the black people didn't say nigga because we wanted to hear who was saying nigga just in case we was going to have to pop off. That's <laughs> that's where we were. <laughs> so Katie looks at me and she like, she like, you want a shirt? And I'm thinking, I don't, you know, I don't care. We can go get shirts after the concert. Well, we just so happened to be sitting in front of this like mismatch couple. Like, I think the guy may have been like Irish, and the girl looked like she was like Asian at least. You know what I mean? And no disrespect to anybody's culture, be yourself. But I'm like, what the fuck they doing at a yay concert? You know what I mean? Like, you wasn't in the back at the Gap, you know, and they trying to come get they talking blackie. That wasn't you. You weren't on the spaceship. Your jaw was never wired shut. Like, why the fuck are you here, right? But like I said, white people love yay. So, um, so Katie like, nah, nigga, we getting these shirts. I'm like, oh, word? That's <laughs> that's what we doing? We gonna take the shirts from the, from the, <laughs> from the awesome couple in front of us? Because they really was like on a solo date. Like, I think somebody may have given them tickets. They didn't go through any of the extremes that we went through. They didn't drive four hours to go see Ye. They didn't do all of that. They couldn't match our hustle. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so yeah, we definitely stole those shirts from the people in front of them. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, shit, I don't want us to get caught. Katie, you go to the bathroom. You're going to put the shirt on in the bathroom up under your outfit. So they, if they try to check our purses, we already got the clothes on. They not in our, our, our handbags, right? Because, you know, I think on my feet. And so, um, yeah, we definitely ran the fuck about that concert before the, the concert ended. <laughs> before, they, before they noticed that their shirts were gone. Yeah, before they realized their shit wasn't there no more. Yeah, definitely did that. Um. But that's the procedure, though. Like, sometimes you got to just boost some shirts at a concert from the people standing in front of you. I'm not the first person yeah. to do it. Katie wasn't no. the first person to do it. It's American tradition to do so. So I felt like I was being an American by stealing shirts from people at a Kanye West concert. I mean, that may not have been part of your procedure, but you, like, it went with your plan. Like, it was a nice little... Thanks for thanks for driving to Nashville. It was it was like a a good you know it was a, it was a nice little moment. It was I've, I really felt that that was like a special time for me. I still have that shirt too. As you know, what I love that shirt so much that I wore it the next day to Walmart. And while I was looking for my debit card, that of course I would have to lose the next day due to karma. Um, I end up getting into the Beyonce concert for free. Mm-hmm. A security guard from the Nashville show also worked the Beyonce show, too. And he was like, oh, how you like the concert? And I'm all jittery and guilty. I'm like, nigga, what concert? He's <laughs> he like, nah, that's, um, what did he say? He said some shit. He was like, nah, I work there or whatever. And I was like, oh, word? <laughs> I hadn't gotten enough of karma just yet. It was worth it. But we always have such a good time at all the concerts and the festivals yeah. and on the road trips. Oh, yeah. But it's because, like, we will map out a plan. We'll stick to it. Absolutely. Do we have gas? Bitch, do we have gas? <laughs> do, we... do we have gas? Like... <laughs> Right. Those are real questions. And we always have such a good time at festivals and it's always really good to prepare and know what, I mean, shit, you don't know if it's going to be the best decision, but bitch, you better make it work. It can't be your worst decision. That's what it got to be. Like the shit I do, it cannot be the worst decision that I ever made. So it's like, all right, cool. Let's go with it. You know, like pre-festival rituals. What's one thing that you like? All right, we going to a fest. What do I do first? I always bring the backup charger for the battery, for your phone. Mm, swanky. Right. Always need that shit. So going to festivals is like, you definitely got to know what you're doing. And so it's like, you got to have the perfect timing. So you got to wear the right shoes. Do not be that chick that's wearing 
four, five, six inch heels at an outdoor festival. The whole crowd is gonna make fun of you while you busting your ass in the grass all day. Like we're gonna make fun of you. And my other favorite thing to do is to wear clothing that you can hide drugs in. And that way, if you want to take some extra weed or rollos or, you know, pills or wax, I don't know, whatever your bag is, if you want to do that, you want to be able to conceal it on your body to get past security and to not have to wear a handbag or a fanny pack. Right. Yeah, that's important. And sunscreen. Because you're going to be outside getting drunk drink you know getting dehydrated that's gonna affect your skin and the sun is also drying you out at the same time protect your skin boo what's the most bitchin festival you've ever been to sis it could be a toss-up so i went to essence and essence was lit but um the one music fest in atlanta was dope so sometimes it is sometimes it's not this year it was not lit it was okay it was a nice time but it wasn't lit like it could have been lit. Like what you think is lit for, it, it wasn't that. Mm-mm. It wasn't that. They had it at a whole new venue. Like they had us walking up inclines and hills. You know what I mean? And hills and shit. Like, I don't know who put that together, but that was not the typical move. I'm going to Afropunk Atlanta sooner than a mug. So I'm super excited to see what that energy is about. That's why they get all of the dope outfits together. Like half of the time, the festival is about what the next person is wearing. It's really not about the artist sometimes. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm excited to see what kind of fairy fairies I can see prancing around and, you know, space bunnies and shit. I'm excited for all of that. Right? It's always fun to connect with people at festivals and like meet new bitches, like-minded bitches. And people just want to have a good time and um, who, you know, their procedure is they got they want the same outcome as yours just to have a good time enjoy the festival share drugs you know it's just so nice you know what i can say going and hanging out or like bumping into other stoner girls or like girls that smoke or whatever is way more pleasant than meeting girls that don't don't you agree always like you could be in the club if if you if if everybody has been smoking weed and somebody bump you oh I'm so sorry baby I bumped you are you okay it's not like damn bitch you tried to beat me up it's none of that it's so much better energy and just like it's way more relaxed I enjoy it you'll find me at a festival before you can find me anywhere else Um, along with sticking to the plan and the procedure, we're segueing into our self-care. This week, we not sorry. Um, you can always be apologetic, but not sorry. And you never want to shrink yourself. Like you shouldn't have to shrink yourself to make anybody else feel comfortable. Um, and a lot of times people believe that uh, like saying sorry is, I don't know, somehow like having good manners, but it's really not. So the reason why it's so important to understand the difference between I'm sorry and I apologize is of the type of attention you want brought to yourself. Anytime you say I am, everything that comes after it you are so if you have you're accustomed to constantly saying i'm sorry it's because that's what you believe about yourself and i don't genuinely believe that people believe that entirely so it's like why are you presenting this kind of complex of like this piddle this this self-pity so that people don't think you're malicious just apologize and move the fuck on like everything isn't that personal but I think we've become so overly conditioned to doing so that it's to the point where sometimes you don't even actually like bump somebody or even actually follow through with the the anticipated infraction that you start apologizing before oh I'm sorry I thought I almost bumped you you didn't do anything what are you apologizing for you know what I mean so it's like I just want people to retrain themselves to use the type of language within themselves and with the people around them 
that continues to refresh their self-esteem but the more you say it like Sid didn't you tell me that what were you telling me I think you were telling me something like about how using the phrase phys- what does it physically do to you well when you say I'm sorry you physically cowered in like your shoulders go in and it's like it's a whole posture associated with mm-hmm. it um so it's really weird that it has this effect on the body but imagine if you say that a hundred times a day every day to every single person you meet you'll fuck around and end up like the hunchback in Notre Dame you know what I mean like like and that's real and let me be honest with you people pay attention to the people who say that they're sorry and they believe that you're sorry when you say it I had somebody I was in a situation where somebody I I wasn't even wrong for the shit that happened. It was just like a mix-up or whatever. And I said, you know, I'm sorry. You know, as, as as women are expected to say, right? And this person looked me dead in my face and said, yeah, you are sorry. And I was like, bitch, like, who are you? You know what I mean? Now I'm ready to beat your ass because you just took an right. apology and turned it into something that it wasn't. And let's be clear, don't feel pity for me. I have an amazing life ahead of me and behind me. So it's like, I I will never allow anybody that kind of segue to talk to me like that again. You know what I mean? Like, you ain't never going to have that much space. So, ladies, I encourage you to stop saying I'm sorry. If you fuck up and do something wrong, apologize. Say my apologies. You know, I didn't mean for it to come across that way. But you ain't ever got to be a sorry person for anything or anybody. Never. You ain't sorry. I ain't sorry. Beyonce made that for us and it was not just a song. Like, I ain't sorry, you ain't sorry. I'm not. And that don't mean we don't feel remorse. We ain't trying to just be that callous where we don't feel remorse for shit. But everything ain't a jab at my my character overall. Bottom line. Bottom line, bitch. It's time to now talk about our version of love and relationships, Tomcats and kittens. Wow. Wow, wow. Lucky. Yes. What's up with these niggas? Shit, I don't know, man. These niggas is boring. It's boring. Niggas are boring. <laughs> what you think? Are you entertained? Are you not entertained? Well, why do you think it's boring? Like, are they like, are they just like being dull, non-responsive, non-challenging? Are they not? Are they dusty? Are they ashy? Yes, for ten thousand. <laughs> all of it. Yes, all of it. They ashy. They a bunch of latchkey kids. Um, they smell weird. It's not entertaining. Um, it just seemed like niggas got a lot of low self-esteem going on nowadays. I mean, they also think texting is courting, and that's not true. How? Who told y'all texting was courting? Do you marry your pen pal? Girl. For real. Like, before, before phones and all of this shit. Like, was people really, like, just living off of pen pals? And, like, letter-to-letter pigeon situations? That's what was going on? Real dudes. Yeah, so what the fuck make you think 160 characters on your phone is going to do something? Right. Do you know? (laughs) Do you know? (laughs) It's odd. It's an odd place to be. I mean, and I mean, I don't know. It's just such a weird environment. It really is. Because it's like, I don't know. It's like people are scared to like try new things or scared to see like, what other people might enjoy you know what I mean but it's like take your pressure off of yourself you know what I mean tea time is sexy like be yourself like have fun sometimes don't be afraid so much of what people would think is going on and just relax enjoy the energy of the person that's allowing you that type of access you know what I mean so it's like it's just it's not entertaining anymore it's just like 
I don't know. It's like everybody else is getting older and these whack niggas is just like it's like they perpetual 18 year olds you know what I mean and that's a weird thing like like maybe it was like a science test or something going wrong you know what I mean like you know what I mean like niggas is turning into zombies but they not dead and they not on drugs they alive they can't even afford the drugs yikes (laughs) what's happening over there in LA Because over here in Atlanta, it's like, this is the dichotomy. Broke, uneducated, and toothless, you'll meet those in public every day. Every day. And they have, like, vast, sheer, unending amounts of confidence to walk up to people and just (laughs) shoot they shot. But then, like, you'll go on the internet, you'll go on, like, Tinder, you'll go on Bumble, you'll go on data sites, and you see the niggas with this degree, that degree this education this not you know what I mean and it's like it's a whole different well it's presented to be like a whole different pool of people by the time you make it to the internet you know what I mean so it's like are the good niggas hiding under rocks you know what I mean and then you gotta wonder about them too cause why is you having all of these you know why do you have all of these like you know you look so great on paper but you still like mad single like it's the perpetual latchkey kid like they're becoming latchkey men now it's so many different things that's going on and I feel like like I like I like my thought process has been is like there's not the old days that it used to be women are just as conniving and maneuvering and like situation you know what I mean they managing the situation the same way niggas thought they was handling it you know what I mean but better so nowadays it's like guys and they feelings for no reason like you know what I mean? It's like, we're not in a relationship. We're not even trying to be in a relationship. Where you find an audacity at? You know what I mean? Like, you don't think you should fall back and be a little more realistic with yourself? You know what I mean? And just be okay being a homeboy? Um, maybe. Or, like, like I don't know. I think just the situation, like, mm, it's weird. It's a real weird, weird environment going on out yonder. John don't eat fried chicken no other time. I don't know why you being fancy today. Fall back. I'm not giving you no chicken. Get out my face. I'm really arguing with these cats about this fucking chicken. It's some good ass chicken though. I get it. Oh my God. So I watched a YouTube video with Kay Michelle talking about how she hooked up with Idris Elba and how he had really good head. I heard that. I oh. heard that. <laughs> what the fuck was, did you just go straight into heat? I feel like you laying on your back with your legs open like Mischief used to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sydney. Bad Sydney. Sit up, Sydney. You sit up now. Stop pumping it. (laughs) But yeah, I'm big I'm big better that that he's he's engaged to a 30 year old. Very happy for the couple, blah blah blah, but I'm I'm big, I'm bitter bitter. That I could have, I didn't know I could have shot my child. And we were like pre engaged in everything. Like, we are like a whole thing. I was like, you know what I mean? I had already filled out my applications and everything. But, and you know what? Fuck K. Michelle. She had a fake ass. I don't know what her credibility looking like now. Oh my God. I don't trust anybody. Girl. I don't trust anybody. Oh, I did, I did not realize with the butt injections that I just I didn't realize a lot of stuff like I didn't realize that it was illegal which is why you got to go to like the hood doctors to get it injected and K. Michelle said they used a a, like a piece of glue or something oh she said they used hot glue hot glue K. Michelle did not get no hot glue ass (laughs) ass implants I'm not calling for that (laughs) 
And what she said is that because, like, because it's illegal, you have to like go to some hospital, or not hospital, you have to go to some hotel room and like, like you literally lay down just like that episode in uh, the Spike Lee series of shows. Yeah, Mo, uh, she's gotta have it. Yeah, she's gotta have it is one of my most favorite Spike Lee joints. Like, I'm so glad that they remade that movie and um, remade the movie from a movie to a TV show. And really, like, they didn't try to rewrite the script, which I thought was smart, but they really expanded on the topics that were relevant, like, like the whole butt injection craze and things like that. You know what I mean? But what I think people forget is, like, with any cosmetic surgery, that stuff barely lasts for, like, 10 years. So whether it's breast implants, nose jobs, any procedure that you get, you get it has, like, a 10-year lifespan warranty on it. And then you got to, like, do regular maintenance and upkeep, just like anything else. Ooh. I just think, like, the butt injection craze, it happened without, like, the any guidance or procedure like we're talking about and that's why like now we're hearing so many different opposing thoughts and opinions and like you know horror stories and stuff like that you know what I mean and don't get me wrong girl if you want to go get plastic surgery you want to go get butt injections butt shots do you you know what I mean like who am I to be like you can't get that shit do it what the fuck it's not gonna stop me from eating dinner you know, just be safe, sis. Like, that's it. You know what I mean? Just be safe. Yes, like, research that. Like, know what you're expecting, what you're supposed to do to take care of itself, yourself. Yeah. And not for nothing, all of our bodies are super different, super sensitive. So you may not know how your body is going to respond to something. You know what I mean? So it's like, I get why we're having different reactions and different stories because every we're finally seeing the results of like how bodies respond to the procedures and whatnot, you know. Ooh, well, Lexi, um, I'm sure you've been seeing what's been going on with the, the Supreme Court Justice and Kavanaugh um, and basically just a quick review in college um this woman who is a professor now is saying that she was assaulted by the supreme court judge nominee um kavanaugh and Girl, he got sworn in and right i was gonna say he's not even a nominee like he still he still succeeded and he's he is totally sworn in and it's just it's so crazy but that's because of our ghetto ass president like i feel like trump abides by the no snitching laws or some shit like like he grew up under the tutelage of cameron or some bullshit like that's our ghetto ass president that's all 48 percent of excuse me 46 percent of white women didn't do not believe dr ford and 43% of white men do not believe Dr. Ford, which is uh, the woman that Kavanaugh assaulted. And 80% of black voters believe Dr. Ford. And it's just really sad to see that the white, the white sisters couldn't align to just even be there to support and like, and just say that they like fucking believed her. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's, that's something in the white feminism that, um, is a thing like I don't think they see themselves as like a sisterhood it's more of an individual culture I totally get it like we feminism isn't the same per culture you know what I mean and I think for me as like a black woman looking at um looking at white feminism I don't it doesn't align with my values you know what I mean and the stuff that I'm looking for as far as like equality you know what I mean like while black women have all ways been a part of the human labor force, whether they were being paid or enslaved, we've always been fighting to get equal rights, equal jobs, equal health care, an active voice. You know what I mean? Like the basic human rights that we see our counterparts being our counterparts demanding and receiving at will. You know what I mean? But I just feel like in the opposite end, looking at at um white feminism is like it feels like 
because they were one of the last to enter the the job market. Because like I said, black women have always worked. Black men have always worked. People of color have always worked. Immigrants have always worked. White men maybe not have worked, but what they do is what they tell people is work. Um, Right. But I feel like they were fighting for a place within a market, but I don't feel like what they're looking for in terms of equality is what we need because you don't see them. They aligned with us so that they can get numbers, but none of the stuff that they benefited from do we benefit from. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's less of a sorority feel for me in terms of like feminism and more of a movement for building each other up is not a sorority party or you know uh you know we can sleep with as many guys as we want to that's feminism nah bitch that's something different what we trying to get is like fair wages we trying to make sure that when we're in labor that we're getting doctors that listen to us when we're telling them yo I'm my threshold of pain has been exceeded like we're you know what I mean I feel like we have more substantial things that I need to focus my energy on you know what I mean than what white feminism has been focusing on you know what I mean I'm just I ain't connected to the audience right I, I totally agree um and it's just scary because even just being pulled over like being pulled over by the police um is something that has happened to me and I'm just like and it's funny because when I was in the South, I was pulled over more times just because, you know, I was speeding, I was, you know, whatever. And I never felt threatened, like, which was odd. But like when I was in Oakland and I was pulled over, I felt threatened as fuck because three cop cars put up. Um, and anyways, what I'm trying to say is that <laughs> threatened by the police during this time is not a white feminist issue. You know, and that's fucked up because that's real. right, and feminism should be something that is in, is super inclusive and includes all to, all issues that women have to deal with. Like it so like that itself just shows you that like like our 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 battles and challenges are not the same. Yeah. Um, and right, so like it's just it's important to keep in mind, and so like I don't I don't get it because it's still because at some point it benefits them. Right. You know what I mean? It's like when we tell women, oh, you shouldn't wear a short skirt or you shouldn't do this or, you know, you need to don't drink as much. What we're saying is, is don't let it be you, but don't be mindful of the people around you. Does that make sense? Because at some party, there's always going to be a woman who got too drunk or a girl who's wearing her shirts, her short, her skirt shorter than someone else. You know what I mean? So it's like. We're upholding this, you know, they're being, we're being taught to hold up this prestige of, well, you know, I'm protected myself or I'm different or I'm safe or I'm somewhere much more lofty, but protect everybody. You see a girl in the club and it look like her dude acting up, defend her. You ain't always got to know her. And I be, I be, goddamn, stop fucking calling the police on every black person that is not paying you any mind. No one owes you any type of explanation or, or, or humility. Nobody owe you a fucking thing just trying to manage situations. And I swear, half of the people that have been in the news broadcast that have been white women calling the police on people for barbecues, calling the police on people for sleeping, calling the police on people for contracting, calling the police on people for babysitting, calling the police on people for getting Starbucks. No, hold on, for walking into Starbucks, calling the police on people for getting products from CVS. Like, we making it, you're, you're creating this type of privileged, malicious victimhood that you want people to feel sorry for you. Meanwhile, you're doing malicious shit. You know what I mean? Like, and it, there's the sense of community. I'm not feeling it. So I'm also not going to play pretend, pretend homegirls to a feminist movement that doesn't even respect the issues that are concerning my race and, and in addition to my gender. And as much interracial love and growth that we're having, all communities need to know how to raise black babies and how to respect and treat black babies because half of the world, the world is going to become black babies by some percentage or at some point in our lives. So it's like, be respectful of the people who are going to be in the positions that you're going to retire from or get fired from. 
You know what I mean? Like it's not just about you, but this kind of projected fear is getting out of hand and is creating way more attention, way more, much more of a, of a viral community. And that's not fair to anybody involved. It's not fair for you to hold on to unsolicited, unfounded hate. And it's not fair for somebody else to be the recipient of it. And they aren't the participant in it. So it's like, put the fucking phone down, get you a book and read it until it's finished. And when you're done with that book, read a different book. You know, just do something other than calling the police on people all the time. Please, like, can we just live? Like, that's really all we're trying to do out here. While she was calling, while Becky was calling the police, one of the people at that barbecue, she could have had two motherfucking plates and been home in the time she stood there crying and whimpering and pretending to be harassed. Right. Ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. <sighs> oh, it's just draining as fuck. Because it makes you uncomfortable in all situations. Because it's so weird. Because everybody likes to say, I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist, right? I didn't own slaves. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Everybody's saying what they're not doing. But we fucking voted Trump into office. Somebody did that. That was an action. That wasn't a, oh, well, we didn't get enough votes, so I guess it goes to him. No, that was an active decision. You know what I mean? And it's like, everybody say they, you know, they, that racism is bad. So why are you not checking your people that are blatantly acting racist? Why are we not checking our homeboys? And I, I don't know. It's it's getting it's getting to the point where it's like it's very uncomfortable to be out and just like in mixed company because you don't know who the real racist is until some racist shit has already happened. Right, and that's creating like a sense of anxiety for people, for black people, for people of color who just just want to go to the grocery store you know what I mean I literally watched my friend one day right I don't know where we were we were probably at like a festival or something like that but I watched her really closely and the whole time I could see her body like becoming tense the more white people like approached her or like as we walked past police or you know what I mean or whatever whatever we were going whenever it was like that type of situation like you can you can smell the amount of fear and the amount of like the palpable fear and tension that people are protecting themselves with and like over policing themselves so that they don't have some crazy white person calling the police on them. Like it's getting out of hand. Right. And I remember you telling me a while ago, it's just if if you limit some of the people you hang out with, you won't even you won't even have that problem. But it's crazy because racists who don't know you are telling you what you're doing and just be like I'm calling the police I mean did you see where those girls it was some girls um doing a photo shoot and some guy just barges in and, and forces himself on their photo shoot forces himself on their photo shoot and it's like well I'm just gonna I'm gonna be in your shots there you know because you probably you don't have a permit and the lady's like it's my property though but who in the fuck are you where I owe you an explanation about anything that I'm doing? I don't have to answer none of your motherfucking questions. And you feeling like the police need to be brought so that we can respond to questions? That's that's malicious intent. Let's just call it what it is. That's malicious intent. It's very malicious. Ugh. Like, I saw where they wanted to start making laws about... Um, about retaliate you know retaliation and you know for people who are calling the police unsolicitedly like allowing the victims to pursue charges against them and make it illegal so Sid what are some things that we can do to manage our anxiety and this tension that we have Uh, what do you recommend honestly recommending finding your peace and doing what makes you happy and like just focusing on what you think, focusing on what you enjoy and redirecting your energy. Like, unfortunately, shit will happen. Um, whether it's a racist white lady coming up to you during a photo shoot or, um, you know, the Korean lady at the grocery store, it, it's gonna, unfortunately, it's gonna happen. Wait, hold on. 
Wait, Sydney, what happened with you and the lady and the Korean lady at the grocery store? This is not the first time you have said and the Korean lady at the grocery store. What happened with y'all? So I was at the, I went to the Korean grocery store. I stopped by, like, I just needed to pick up vegetables. And so it wasn't a big deal. I figured all grocery stores have vegetables. So I stopped by the Korean grocery store because it like intrigued me. I was like, okay, like I I had seen it and always passed it. And I was checking out, but like, you know, I explored because it was just interesting. There's a whole bunch of different shit there. Um, I've got these sweet potato noodles and like just a whole bunch of different shit and um, some tea and I was checking out and I give the lady my card and before she even like, before she even like looks up and looks at me, she just goes EBT card. And I look at my card and it's not an EBT card. I'm paying with like a credit card. And I have like my nails, so I'm like tap, 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 tapping on the card. Like, bitch, does it look like an EBT card? Like, and then I was like, um, do, do a lot of your customers use EBT cards? And then all of a sudden she didn't know English. And the dude behind me cause, uh, was like looking at me and was like, you know, like, what the fuck? And I was like, right. And I was like, it's pretty clear I'm like the only black person in here. But it's so interesting that she wants to ask me if I have an EBT card. Meanwhile, she's at work. You're clocked in right now, not me. Um, and so... Yeah, like on my drive home, I was like, damn, I should have said something. Like I should have like said something to the manager. But like honestly, it like if I were if I were to like turn around and go back, I would not have been able to recognize recognize the lady anyway. So Oh wow. I mean, but it's like it's like how much energy do I have to spend right. extra a day to like remind people that I'm a fucking human being? Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm a human being. You don't just, just to get people to acknowledge that you don't know me. So recently, this black guy <clears throat> who owns an education center and babysits kids um, and, you know, helps kids, like, you know, has a great clientele of, like, parents who are lawyers, this, that, and the third, right? He's babysitting two Caucasian children. He goes to the gas station. I think he goes to Walmart. This white lady walks up to the kids and asks them, are they Okay. And then follows them and tries to get the girl to come and speak to her. I guess she was assuming that the children were being sex trafficked or something. I don't know. But then, like, literally called the police on this black man. And so here comes the police officer. You know, I'm just got to, you know, it's a, you know, we just got to make it okay. You know, <laughs> never really responded to the fact that I am here because someone suspects that you, a black man with white children, must be up to something. So it's my job to come and investigate because you didn't authorize, because you didn't get permission from a white woman at the Walmart. So she called me in to speak on the be- on her behalf. So that's really why he was there. So the guy is like, you know, I have a business. His mother brings out his business license. He was like, yeah, I have a business. Like, I do this professionally. And the black guy was like, I mean, the white police officer was like, oh, really? Like, wow. And then his mom was like, yeah, they work at their center all the time. Sometimes I help take shifts. And and the, the officer again was like, wait, you have a building? Wait, so you're like official official? So wait, this white woman, he wouldn't say this, but he was like, so wait, this woman caught the police on you without any understanding that you're a total fucking professional and have every right and authority to be doing this. And it's like, as a police, since we're so concerned with this this uh, mythical black-on-black crime, even though the people who kill you are typically the closest to you, so gender is typically, gender and race is typically assumed, but you stopped working and protecting communities from real crimes just to make sure that this white woman's fears about someone she didn't have a fucking clue about weren't going awry. Right. Like this man literally had to stop his job. And you know what? The police officer made the kids get out the car and provide an explanation too. That's a damn shame. Like this man telling you like, I like, I, this man is fully grown, fully speaking, functioning man. 
and not qualified to speak for myself. My mother had to step in to prove with my license that I'm qualified to what I'm doing. Two white children were requested to speak on my behalf and I'm the fucking adult with the business and managing the kids. Can you imagine how humiliating he must have felt? That's so disgusting. It's disgusting. Like, can you imagine how humiliated he must have felt? No. Like, and I, and that's the thing. None of us really genuinely understand the type of humiliation that black men deal with, with being accosted by police. You know what I mean? I know of several situations where black men have been pulled over since, since this recent, like, spree of just murking black men on the scene, judge, jury, and executioner. Like... Where I know this guy, he had gotten pulled over. He was so terrified. He literally was like crying his heart out. And nothing, he had just barely been pulled over. But just the anxiety of like, yo, no matter what I did wrong, this could still get me killed. Like, I don't think people realize the weight of that. Right. So shout out to my black men as managing it. Like, go to speed limit. Keep a reasonable tent. Don't over police yourself, though. Trying to prevent white terror you know what i mean like still stay focused and humble and have black boy joy like get you some of that you still deserve that but i definitely see it i see what you're going through right i mean it's scary like i mean like when i was put over in oakland i asked the police officer because it was three of them i was like do you really feel threatened because like it's me and i was like picking up my coworker's son and he was in my the back of my car. And he was seven. I was like, do you feel threatened because it's me? And I weigh like 140 and I have like a seven-year-old. Like, this just seems like it's a lot. And he was like, oh, well, they just like pulled over because they saw, they just figured, they just, they just also wanted to help like pull up. And I was like, oh, okay, it just seems like a lot. But you know what? The times I've been pulled over with police officers, I don't even talk to them. I don't answer no questions. I don't care if I was dead wrong, dead right. We don't need to have a dialogue. Whatever your job is to do, like to provide tickets, you know, if I've, you know, whatever, do your job. Let me get on about my day. We don't need to talk. Because after what happened with Sandra Bland, like Sandra Bland got pulled over for nothing. And you know what? I'm, I'm sad that sis is not, a, is not here with us, but she gave that cop the business she called him every pussy ass bitch nigga under the sun <laughs> and he deserved it because how dare you just how dare you do what you're doing you know what i mean how dare you have this overuse of power and my thing with police officers is i get it you are probably just as fearful and stressed out and anxious as everybody else is if not more I just wish that they would teach more de-escalation tactics so that we can maneuver through stuff without killing people on the scene. Right. That's my uh, thing. I ain't trying to go come from the police. I'm not trying to... I'm not against white people. That's not even what that is. But I'm definitely frustrated with how the group maneuvers. And that's just... Yeah, like, I just, I don't want to die. I don't want to die because I'm black. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that's, I think that's, like, the, like, like, pretty basic. Like, I just don't want to die. Let me live, please. And that shouldn't even be in your hands to decide, like. Right. It shouldn't be up to, for debate. Right. It's just getting out of hand, sis. It's getting out of hand. So I want you guys to remember to meditate and to remember to stretch and to remember to take out time just to declutter your mind. We have so many things coming at us every single day. We're processing information nonstop, especially with having our cell phones on our in our hands and our faces 24-7. We're constantly processing information. Make it a lifestyle habit. Make it a choice. Make it an active decision, an active decision to meditate and to clear your mind. And that way you're not maneuvering as tensely as the world wants you to. You know what I mean? You get control over your mind. So I know like talking about the police and police brutality and just and like just the current racial climate, like it can stress you out immediately. 
because it literally is no solutions to it you know there are no solutions available and it's something that isn't gonna be able to be fixed externally you know what I mean is you gotta people have to want to change their heart and want to change how they think and how they maneuver in order for things to get better you know what I mean so it's we living in a weird time and low-key low-key I feel like our cell phones is what making is what's making us so racist. Like you think about how our algorithms work, like what we click that we like, like continues to generate right. more clicks of what we like. So imagine if we accidentally clicked one link and now we being flooded with racist material all the time. You know what I mean? According to our algorithm, people who enjoy this typically also enjoy swastikas and neo-nazism you know what i mean like you know what i mean like i don't know what you watching where that's the the recommended type of material but i just feel like it's a part of our our programming now and we are definitely receiving programming information every day so take out time to meditate take out time to clear your mind and to decide for yourself how you want to feel about things and how you want to maneuver and how you want to operate because trust me you ain't gonna know what anybody else is gonna do until it's already done so prepare yourself mentally physically spiritually all that shit yes guard your spirit like mm-hmm. stick to the plan mm-hmm. guard your spirit Make sure everyone else is sticking to the plan. If not, you can only really take care of you anyways. So, and you can't take care of anybody else before you can take care of yourself. So mm-hmm. on the flights, they always say, put your mask on first. Exactly, even before your child. So that just lets you know how intense it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's real out here, y'all. Right, and I'm just so appreciative that everybody has been rocking with us and listening and engaging with us and on our social media sites. Like, it's such a great feeling to see that and just being supported by the community. Y'all know how I feel about it. I am peachy, I'm happy. I have never been so happy about a project I've put together like this one. It has been so much organic fun and the fact that so many dope people think that it is also dope. Like, I appreciate you guys, and thank you for being yourself and for fucking with too, fucking with the crew. You know what I mean? Like, I really appreciate all of it. Go like our pages. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Leave reviews. We're available on Spotify now. We're available on Google Play, maybe, if you're about that Android life. Um, definitely available on Apple Podcasts as well as SoundCloud. And you can always visit www.catnips with a Z as in podcast.com. Again, that's catnips with a Z podcast.com. Be guys. Be guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.